Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined by my guy Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. We're looking at a Tuesday night slate here, a little one with just four games here tonight in the NBA. In this one, we're taking a look at a pretty fun game, missing a bunch of stars, though. Sacramento is in Memphis taking on those Grizzlies. Also got a couple other videos up for you today, including our player props video that will look to stay super hot with you guys on. So make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along with us. Also want you to head to that thelines.com. That's where we have our great written content for you guys all season long and our odds finder tool that you can go ahead and use to make sure you are getting the best juice on all those NBA bets this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this little slate and then talk all things Grizz and Kangs. Yeah, four games, like you said. Uh, stars out. You want to talk about stars out. The Nets are minus eight at Philly. who's missing their four best players uh, in that game. And we will break it down, looking for some betting angles in that one. Then we got the Kangs right now. They open at minus one. It's minus two and a half now, gaining some steam. Uh, that totals fluctuated between 233 and 231, right in the middle right now. The Pistons are gaining a little steam with Jokic out for the Nuggets again. Uh, they're plus five and a half. That's down from plus seven. And then the uh, lowly Lakers plus seven and a half at the Suns. Chris Paul probably still going to be out there as all these stars just get ready for a nice Thanksgiving break. Uh, but yeah, we're talking Memphis right now without John Morant and without Desmond Bain. And, you know, you can parse it however you want. Like who's actually more important? The numbers have actually shown that Desmond Bain has been more important for this team recently. Uh, I mean, they went on this incredible stretch without job last year. So that, that skewed it. But I mean, when they're both out, I don't know what you're going to say. Like their their backcourt's in, in trouble here. Tyus Jones is a solid replacement. But I really worry about how they're going to defend Sacramento, which we talk about as the second best offense in the league. Very creative, um, getting great looks at all times. I mean, they, they're 11th in paint points on the season, but if you look more more recently, um, they're, they're second. They have 62 paint points per game in their last three here. Uh, they've won six in a row. Their offensive rating is an astronomical 129 in that span, uh, and their defense is not coming along. It's 25th. So Memphis is probably going to be playing a lot of John Conchar here at the two or three. And, um, I mean, for me, that means good offense and bad defense. Um, I do like the over, if you can get it down around 231, where it was a minute ago, we're at 232 right now. I I mean, you can, you can bet the over in Kings games until further notice. Um, but both these teams are really poor defending the three point line right now. So even though they don't have Bane, they don't have their sniper, but Conchar is a really good three point shooter. Um, Dylan Brooks streaky. We'll see. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. back, also very streaky. Uh, but, but, you know, Sacramento right now dead last in opponents' three-point percentage in that three-game span. Memphis not far behind at 28th, uh, and they're 24th on the season. And Memphis allowing more pain points at home, uh, five more per game, surprisingly. They're 18th in pain points on the season. That's gotten a little bit better with Triple J back, but also allowing the second-most assists per game. And Sacramento, like I said, with that sophisticated offense, really spreading it around, getting good looks for guys like Huerter and, and Malik Monk. And and De'Aaron Fox is just on an incredible heater. Uh, you know, when if this gets close down the stretch, I do like the Kings because right now he's number one in clutch points. They're number one in offensive rating, number two in net in the clutch, number 23 in defense, though, Josh. So the fact that Memphis hasn't been lighting it up in clutch time, uh, and they won't have their guy and job 
more down the stretch. It doesn't scare me as much from an over. And Memphis 25th in fourth quarter points. But I think when you play this Kings team, the points are going to keep flowing down the stretch. So if you want to live bet over here, that makes sense. Just fine. And yeah, I mean, you just look at the immediate result. They've only not had Ja for one game here. A lot with Ball Bain's been out for what, three or four. Um, they went with a 104 pace against Brooklyn and, and went over there despite only having a 110 offensive rating. So in their last four, I mean, they've crushed the Kings recently and their last four have been lighting it up with a 123 def- offensive rating. And Ja hasn't even been efficient at all. 102. It's Bain who has a 137 offensive rating in that span. So, uh, you know, meet me somewhere in the middle. Give me a 118 offensive rating. And I do think Memphis does their part to get over here. Yeah, that's that's the that's the question, isn't it? Is is Memphis going to do their part to get over? Um, it feels a little bit insulting to still only be two and a half. It, 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 like if, if we're all saying that this Kings team is for real, then why are they only two and a half point favorites against a Memphis team that while it was, you know, strength in numbers last year, if you will, going what, like 22 and four at one point without John Morant in the lineup? couple things there. They still had Desmond Bain for all of those games. They had De'Anthony Melton for all of those games. Um, and they had uh, Kyle Anderson for all of those games as well. Uh, a couple of very important guys. De'Anthony Melton was averaging like 24 a game, 22 a game during that stretch without Josh. So that was a really important player that's also looking really good for Philly right now, who's depleted as hell, as you mentioned at the top of the show when you're going through the lines. Um, so I, I don't hate the spread. In fact, I feel a little bit better about the spread because the question is, is Memphis going to come along for the ride with that offense? I know that you you, you mentioned a couple of guys that like they're still deep, right? They still are going to put in uh, a really good uh, three-point shooter in Conchar. They're going to put in um, a, an, a serviceable NBA rotation guy in Santi Aldama who might be, uh, you know, a, a, he's going to be a career NBA player now. He's proven that he can play in this league um, and, and can at least come off the bench and right now is getting some starter minutes as well. So there are some guys for, for Memphis that you still feel – decent about in, in these situations it's not quite the same like you know how in in portland we talk about as soon as dame's out let's see what anthony simon's props are it used to be in memphis as soon as jaw's out let's see what desmond bain's props are let's see what d'anthony melton's props are the, I, i'm not like you said the, the other guys left right now are just a little bit too inconsistent for me um and, and dylan brooks for sure i'm not even talking about him my, my love for him has fallen just decreasing decreased since his rookie season dramatically um as he's just so so much he doesn't know the player that he is if you will, and that's the reason for his his sort of lower uh, three point percentage consistently. Uh, his below forty percent from the field is Dylan Brooks right now, who's going to probably be their leading scorer again. If it's between he and Jaron Jackson Jr. at this point, um, uh, Brandon Clark is just sort of neutralized without a guy like John Moran. He he's pick and roll hustle points all day, but there's really not that skilled guard in the game for Memphis tonight that makes me feel good about it. So that, that's why I, I just I, I like you said, you can take Sacramento team overs until further notice. We'll let you know. If that offense starts sputtering um, and, and and doesn't look as good as it has at, at the, to the tune of nearly 130 points a game uh, right now, um, but you know that's where I, I feel good about them winning this game as well. Yes, we talk about their in their six game win streak and really they've won seven of eight and in that those eight games as well. It's pretty similar numbers to to their last six where it's you know 130 offensive rating. 
and roughly 116 defensive rating. That's still good enough to win by roughly 14 points per 100 possessions as they've been winning by double digits outside of that loss or that win to Detroit, which is the only one that they failed to cover depending on where you got that spread. Most people got it at about 10 points and they won that game by eight. So they still came pretty close to covering a really large spread against a bad team. My point is I, I'm not worried about their lack of offense for being able to cover this spread and that's pretty much my preferred bet there. Um, everything that they're doing on offense I don't think is stoppable uh, by this uh, Memphis defense, which is actually a little bit better with John in the game. I don't know that that necessarily uh, is a direct correlation at this point in the three games that he's been out. They do have a slightly better defensive rating by about two points per 100. Um, but it's all about the offense. And it's it's really the offense without Ja and Bain is like, come on, man, right? We, we talked about without Ja what they are this year uh, as opposed to last year. 107 offensive rating versus 115 with him. They, it's the free throw attempts as well, right? Seven fewer a game. They actually get eight fewer free throw, or excuse me, weirdly enough, they get eight more free throw attempts per game when Desmond Bain is out. That's also in like a three game span I'm really not too worried about that it's mostly the lack of free throws when Jaws not in the game right and when Jaws was in without Desmond Bain and they got all those free throw attempts it makes a little bit of sense right Jaws not kicking as much as when he goes to the lane when he doesn't have Desmond Bain on the floor uh, so he's actually just forcing things into the hoop getting himself to the line and getting guys like you know Steven Adams to the line Jaron Jackson etc so the free throw attempts that aren't going to be there without Jaw, the three-point shooting that's not going to be there without Bain I feel really good about, you know, Sacramento winning this game by two to three points um, and, and might even consider taking them by about five and, and alternating that line to get closer to like one plus 130, 135 on FanDuel right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little concerned. I mean, it's dis disrespectful. Maybe Memphis feels disrespected because you remember that game where they had their entire back five playing against the Suns and they went out and go ahead and beat them by like 20 when they were plus eight dogs at home. I mean, they. you look at their home game log, they've won 17 of their last 19 since the All-Star break uh, last year at home. The only losses are to the Boston Celtics, twice. Uh, I mean, they've beaten this Kings team seven times in a row. Ja has missed one of the recent meetings. I, I'd be, I mean, I wouldn't, I would say this is not a large play for me. It's, it's, a, it's a test to see if the Kings are for real, if they're not just like lighting it up right now early in the season. Um, and, and, you know, whether that offense can translate. And you said uh, you don't know if Memphis has a reliable playmaking guard. Tyus Jones has had a record assist to turnover ratio last year, the best ever. And him and, and Brandon Clark worked the Kings' second unit when they met earlier this season. They had 30 combined points off the bench. Uh, I think Memphis will be able to keep, keep pace, which is why – I do like the over, I think, a little more than trying to pick the winner here because uh, I just don't know if the Kings are for real, if, if we can just start to, to lay money in a spot like this at Memphis. If it was if this was in Sacramento, I'd be all for it. Uh, I just would throw a little cold water on, on betting big on the Kings win. No, that's fair. Um, I, I would also just say, though, like they when they win, they score more, right? They're six and three at home, three and three on the road. Uh, they're winning those home games by an average of six points. Their their road games are uh, pretty much even uh, in terms of their plus minus there. Uh, but they also score a ton more points at home when they're winning. 124 at home versus 117.7 on the road, which is the only thing right that that their team total sits at about 117 and a half tonight, uh, and, and Memphis at about 115 or so. So like. 
it's it that that line feels somewhat properly set for the the road Kangs um, in terms of the the total there. Uh, I think the the line for for them winning. I, I I'm already buying my purple stuff, Nate. Like I'm already shooting the beam up into the sky after wins right now because I I, I do believe in this team. I I wanted to believe in this team, and as soon as they gave me any reason to, um, and 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 when I say reason to, I don't just mean they won a bunch of games in a row. I mean how they won. You talk about the points in the paint. You talk about the resurgence of Demontis Sabonis as well, who in the first like half of the season so far. Uh, was was at about 13 points a game uh, and has gotten that all the way up to about 18, 19 a game uh, in, in, during this eight games that they've won seven of eight. So yeah, I, the, the points and the wins seem to be correlated at home. Uh, I'm still going to feel good about them being able to win even even though it is on the road. I know Memphis is a great home team. Um, this is a bigger test than that one that we talked about last time for them against Brooklyn where they blew them out the water uh, and we, we predicted that they were going to win. We just didn't know they were going to win by scoring 153 points. I think this is going to be another time where we're, we're pleasantly surprised uh, that we put some money on the Kings, and that's what I plan on doing tonight. So, so yeah, stars out, bets up, you say. I have a hard time finding conviction on either side of this line because I don't think the Nets are going to go for blood here, uh, possibly, because they've this is the front end of a back-to-back for both teams, and they've got Toronto tomorrow. I don't think they're going to play KD 38 minutes, for example. I think they, they know they need to save a lot more for a Toronto team that's far closer to full strength. At the same time, I think Ben Simmons, this is a perfect front runner spot for Ben Simmons to keep building his confidence. It's exactly what they've been doing the last two games, um, you know, ramping him up. For He had his best line of the season off the bench as they stunned everybody, including us, by beating Portland to end that road trip. He went 14-13-7 off the bench. Then they started him back home with Kyrie in the lineup, and he goes for 22-8-5. And, and I'm... Really intrigued at how low his props are still, because this is clearly like get ahead of the curve. Ben Simmons finally feels like he can attack again. I mean, he shot 89% from the floor in those two games. So it's not, you know, almost all dunks. He's not, it's all he has to do, run the floor, take advantage of the extra attention on Kyrie and Katie. And they're finding him. I mean, Royce O'Neal, what has 20 assists in these last two games as well. The Nets starting to gel on offense. They didn't even necessarily need Kyrie to beat Memphis. Uh, but Ben Simmons is at 10 and a half points and the, the rebounds and assists is even more exploitable 11 and a half because he, he's filling it up. I mean, he's like, he's six ten. He's going to, he's going to board a lot with the Sixers having absolutely nobody to score the basketball tonight. Uh, I mean, shake Milton had a nice efficient game against Minnesota, kept them in, in within distance as the number two to Embiid. Now he's got to be the number one. And Joel Embiid has been absolutely carrying this team. So you might think, oh, their offense is going to dip and we're going to go under. I would throw a lot of caution on that because I think their defense is going to dip even more. Uh, they've gone over in their three of their last four because Embiid has been carrying that offense. But the one under, they held the Jazz to 98 points, the lighted up Jazz, because Embiid blocked seven shots and scared probably 20 more from going in. They're eighth in points and paint, paint points and third in points overall allowed uh, of, because mostly of Joel Embiid. But at home, they're allowing more pain points and they're allowing the eighth highest percentage points off two. So again, this this just like leads me to feel like Ben Simmons is going to get some really easy looks. And by looks, I mean dunks tonight. And yeah. he's going to get to flex at Philly. The crowd's going to boo him, but this is the, like the, the opportunity they've been waiting for, right? They've held him out for so long to not put him in a situation where he could be 
his fragile mental health could be put on the line uh, where he could literally be put on the free throw line and hear all those boos. And it's just like, no, this is going to be a, a relative cakewalk. Like you're playing backups. Uh, you know, the, the Sixers shouldn't have much fight. We can just feed Ben and get this monkey off your back uh, that you play your old team and you put up a decent line and I can just move on with your career and, and actually try to be a productive player for us. <laughs> <laughs> and and so, so, so the game theory in this one, because Philly's defense is good, right? Like it's been the strength of their team this year so far. How much of that do you um, do? Do you really just associate right and, and attribute to 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 Joel? Because um, as you said, right, like it, it's a lot of it, right? It's it's a lot. So um, <sighs> Brooklyn's one thirteen and a half again feels a little bit safer. Um, I know Philly really only needs to score one hundred and five to come along. Brooklyn's uh, own, you know, defensive rating isn't like in the toilet where it was last year, uh, at close to like 28th, 27th, it's at least top 20 serviceable enough. I think the, the emergence reemergence, whatever you want to call Ben Simmons recent, uh, surge in, in success, uh, has a lot to do with it. Right. And, and he's, he's been flying around a lot more, uh, in, in a good way for them that, that shows confidence, uh, individually, uh, for his defensive rating over the course of the last couple of games back down to like one Oh seven, the guy that you want him to be in terms of the stopper um, and and the shots that he's taking, right? Like, I don't know, man. You don't got to worry about taking shots. You might you're a, a six ten power, you know, point guard, power forward, whatever. Like, why do you have to be able to shoot? Uh, the the real the issue is who's on the floor with you, right? Uh, Yudo Watanabe, by the way, uh, shout out recent surge in his points. Three point shooting is really what it matters for 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 him and why he's probably going to continue to get a few more minutes. I checked his props are not available. Uh, anywhere right now. I hope that that changes in the very near future because I, I think he's a crucial guy for them as, you know, Seth Curry's and Joe Harris have struggled mightily so far. Uh, but Watanabe is at least able to, to make some threes for them. And that's what really matters, right? Because KD also wasn't really, hasn't been shooting the ball super well from three. That hasn't been his game. You're going to see Kyrie come back and probably be um, you know, the, the majority of the threes that they put up are should be coming from him. Um, occasionally, Royce O'Neal has been getting a lot of corner threes as well um, and has been good. He, he's been a little bit underwhelmed on offense, but you know what you're getting with Royce. So that's another reason their defense is a little bit better is him. So you got to keep him on the floor as well. Um, and he's been able to stay on with Nick Claxton as well, which helps them when they need size. So uh, things are turning around a bit for them. If, if, if It's really wild how contingent it is upon Ben Simmons' ability to be a serviceable and like above average NBA player. Um, so I'm following your, your, your theory on that one. I don't want to touch the 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 spread here at eight I I, I just I, I feel scared a little bit uh as you mentioned and and it also does like if Philly is able to cover it's because this game is at like you know 108 104 or something like that right like it's not um like they're going to be covering in my opinion like 122 to 117 or something to that effect right that's this is not a roster that can get you uh that amount of points right now with the amount of injuries that they have uh and, and the guys that are going to be mostly handling the ball at this point right like for for them it's going to be about D'Anthony Melton really needing the ball in his hands the whole time because I don't know who else you feel comfortable with. I mean, Shake and D'Anthony are your guards, and once they come out, I, I, do you want do you want uh, Daniel House running your offense uh, alongside Matisse Thybul? Like I don't, I don't know how you score generate points off of that unless you're playing solid defense enough to turn that into turnovers, turn that into fast break points. Um, they've done that occasionally. It's interesting. It's like when Embiid's on the floor, it's all about just make sure that when we get down, he touches the ball at least once. When Embiid's not on the floor, it's all about get the ball down the floor immediately because James Harden hasn't been there to control the offense either, which means it's been a Tyrese Maxey led 
offense in that in that regard, right? And that's taken on uh, the, the pace has increased for them, which, by the way, both these teams play at such a slow pace that I, it also – I don't know if that's going to be the case tonight. That, that that's not the team that they're putting on the floor for the for the 76ers. It probably will be a little bit more of that Daryl Morey more Daryl Morey style offense with the guys that they have in there. Shoot a lot of threes, put Niang and PJ Tucker in as your bigs and put them in the corner. Paul Reed gets the occasional rim running uh play, right, with with DeAnthony Melton or Shake. Uh, and that's pretty much your offense for Philly. And so I, I feel better about Brooklyn being able to like handle that. I do think they're gonna win this game tonight. They just I don't know, they scare me in the eight and a half points. The 217 scares me because of Philly's ability to come along. So it is a little bit of a stay away, but it's at least worth talking about because if you want to get a money line or any kind of bet where Brooklyn is up is favored by, let's say, like two or three, that I feel a lot better about them covering. I just think back to when someone asked KD after they crushed uh, Philly in Philly on March 10th last year, and you know, did it factor in that Ben Simmons was on the bench? He said, absolutely. We wanted to win for Ben. We wanted to bolster his confidence we wanted to crush his former team and they came out and it was 40 to 23 in the first quarter it was never a game after that um you know so i mean and they have every advantage in the world right now in this matchup so now with ben on the floor they're going to bolster his confidence and i think to your point how are they going to do that keep up the pace right because he can't score on the half court necessarily unless there's a breakdown true uh, which, you know, with Kyrie out there now, there will be a lot of breakdowns because that's what he does. With P.J. Tucker yeah. guarding Durant, probably, there's going to be not a great defender on Simmons individually, and without Embiid, there's not great rim protection. So I think, you know, the Nets were 104 pace in this last game against the the Grizz. I think mm. they're willing to, to ramp that up for sure. The Sixers, even though they don't have Maxi, you look at their last seven without Embiid, 114 points per game. Uh, and they tend to otherwise play around 108, 107 with a slower pace. Uh, I wonder, you know, if they can keep up that pace to a degree, uh, if they can get some pick and roll action going with Montrez Harrell, get him going. I mean, I do worry about them coming along. So I think I would bet the Nets over, yeah, before the before the spread. Uh, but yeah, like I said, my money is on Ben Simmons, if if only for the entertainment factor of like, let's see him go out there and, and play the heel and, and, and stick it to these Philly fans. I'm with it. Dr. Revenge. Like, you know, I'm coming along for that. And I, and I got to say like his props don't seem to have come along with how far we think he's already uh, progressed this season, right? Ten and a half points is what it should have been all season. Uh, I think at this point, he's going to be starting to get closer to that 15 a game, eight boards, six assists in that range. If he's in that range, dude, then this is this is a, a, a team to actually be reckoned with to a degree because you've got the Swiss Army knife that you've wanted around Kyrie and KD. Uh, and that's a scary thought if it works out the way that they had intended originally. So let's see how many points they put up tonight. Let's see the style of play that they're able to use. I do think before we start like giving these t- this team any flowers and starting to like ride it to the end of the season, uh, let's start. Let's see what they do in a situation like tonight that's going to be sluggish. That's not going to be necessarily the way they want to play, um, and they're going to have to sort of overcome some of that stuff. But you're listening to the Lines.com Podcast Network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top U.S. sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust. 
Check out the Lines.com NFL Megapod as Matt Brown, Stephen Andrus, and Adam Candy break down every game for this weekend's football slate. Join the Coast to Coast podcast crew Mondays through Fridays as Nate Weitzer and Josh Lander bring you the best player props and game lines for Major League Baseball, the NBA, and the NFL. And tune in to Beat the Closing Line twice a week as Nicole Russo, Mo Nawara, and Eli Hershkovich dive into NFL opening lines, plus special guests from the sports betting world. So subscribe, rate, and review to the Lines Podcast Network, the source you can trust to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's go ahead and get into uh, your props here on this little four-game slate Tuesday night. Yeah, I remember early in the season when people were like, under nine and a half points for Ben Simmons. That's free money. That is absolutely like hammer that every single night. Well, now it looks like over 10 and a half points and over 11 and a half rebounds assists might be free money uh, for Simmons, who... Might finally have his confidence back. I mean, they've probably been in his ear all season just being like, hey, just run to the rim. Try to finish. If they cut you off, kick it out. Like, you can do that. That's what you've been doing for years. That's how you were an all-pro. So in his last two, he's averaging 18.5, 10.5 boards and six assists, shooting 89% from the floor. Played well enough to, to move into the starting lineup in their last game when he had 22, and Kyrie didn't do much in his return but opens up the floor a little bit more for Simmons to just play that slasher role. Uh, the Nets are getting more comfortable playing around KDs, the the always candid KD who called out the rest of his teammates by name. And then apparently it worked because uh, whatever he said behind that, behind closed doors, in, in addition to that, kind of inspired them, it seems like, to play their role. To be aggressive, Royce O'Neal playing out of his mind, Utah Watanabe too, and and Simmons, who who yeah, like I said, his his props are just really juicy right now. They're close to even money for those very low totals. He's plus four eighty to get a double double at FanDuel, uh, which he did in his last game. Uh, eight rebounds in a win gets you plus two fifty. We don't think there's any way Brooklyn loses this game without Joel Embiid. Because I guess I buried the lead there. There's no rim protector for the Sixers. The fact they they already allow more pain points and a high, high percentage of points off twos at home. And I think their defense is very, very dependent on Joel Embiid scaring shots, blocking shots, and protecting the rim. So I think Simmons gets some revenge on his former team here tonight, and I'm I'm betting on it. I love it. Yeah, I'm 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 going to follow you on that uh, for sure with, with with Simmons tonight. Uh, there's a couple other things going on for him as he's put up the you know in the last three 16 points a game, eight uh, nine boards and five assists. Uh, the that has been the the sort of the re uh, emergence and and the implementation of Seth Curry. Joe Harris and Watanabe, who you mentioned, all three of those guys being in the lineup is huge uh, for Ben Simmons because you have to have shooting around him. KD, Kyrie, and then at least one other shooter on the floor in Ben Simmons. Royce O'Neal has done the job for them as well down low uh, enough. So, I, yeah, I, I like where this team is headed. I like the direction of it um, for them, especially because they've come, come so low that our, we've sort of readjusted our expectations. Uh, and I think Simmons at 10.5 points, that needs to, that'll get adjusted up to the 15, 15 and a half that he's averaging in the last three to four games versus uh, what, you know, still assuming this is the guy that is not even going to shoot from inside five feet. He's, he's shooting uh, 89%. And just as importantly, uh, as you mentioned, the amount of shots that he's taking, uh, at least he's gotten that, that field goal attempts up to about nine or 10 a game as opposed to like four, right? Uh, which is when you feel great about taking under 10 points for him. So uh, I'm going to go over on another guy here, Nate, who uh, is, is just 
continuing to be one of the best point guards in the league this year, De'Aaron Fox. Uh, 25.5 points for him in the Kangs, riding that six-game win streak. I'm going over 26.5. That's minus 105 on FanDuel. love that it's pretty much even money uh, in a game that I know you love, love, love points. I like, like points, and I like the, the, the Kings a lot. Uh, the last time he's played Memphis, De'Aaron, just throwing a few things at you. 27 points uh, versus them earlier in the season. It was 125 to 110 home loss for the Kangs. Hadn't really found themselves yet. I think we, we can expect a little bit more from them tonight. On the season, he's at about what his prop is tonight. Uh, 25 and a half on 56, 38 splits, which I really like. The five three-point attempts that he's shooting is, uh, a game and hitting two of them is huge for this team. Um, his you know his 30% usage rate and the number one clutch point guard, right? Best clutch numbers in the league for any point guard right now. Uh, his last three on the road where they're playing, which I feel really good about, 32 and a half points a game on a 30.7% usage rate. That was against teams that, you know, are, are a bit bigger too, that teams that can, you know, that are going to be rolling out some big guys which probably is going to be the case for uh, for, for the uh, Grizzlies tonight playing, uh, you know, Conchar rolling him out at like basically the two standing at like six foot nine. So similar sort of style to like L.A., uh, the Lakers, uh, Orlando and, and the way that they play with th- those big guys. I think you can expect Fox to be able to get into the lane and get his tonight. Um, you know, and, and like I said, it's the road numbers for Fox that make me feel pretty good uh, about his ability to, to carry them a little bit more on offense uh, in the points column, especially since uh, 21, since uh, last season, 20. 26 points per game on the road versus 22 at home. That usage rate, as we mentioned, goes up. They rely on him like 30.3% uh, on the road since last season for Fox. So this is a good situation for him to continue to put up some points against Tyus Jones and the the sort of uh, de- depleted uh, Memphis Grizzlies right now. Yeah, and Tyus Jones is a is a very good floor general, capable point guard, but he's not the same athlete as John Morant at all. And I mean, nobody's stopping Fox from getting in the lane right now. Uh, he's on. He's having an absolute career year. Probably going to make his first All Star team for sure, if not an All yep. NBA team. At this point, um, and yeah, the, the road splits are, are pretty notable here as they try to keep pace with Memphis, that all, which always plays well yep. at home. So I, I don't think I think we're going to have a close game, and he's the number one clutch scorer. So great, great pick there. Um, this one seems like a little bit sharp. Maybe I'm getting uh, out of my boots here, ahead of my skis, <laughs> if you will. But campaign. Under 28 and a half points, rebounds, assists. I mean, he's been putting up some huge lines at times with Chris Paul out cruising past this total. But Devin Booker went off when they were at Utah in a game that totaled 277. And Payne had 17 points, five assists, zero rebounds. Uh, you know, he's kind of in that Chris Paul role, right? He's just supposed to be a one-for-one replacement. And sometimes CP3, when when the Suns have it in hand, he just brings the ball up, and when Cook, Book, Book is cooking, he just gives the ball to Book. Uh, Book had like a 39% usage rate in that Utah game. He has lit up the Lakers recently. The last time Cam started for CP3, they, they beat the Lakers by 30, and, and Cam had 9 points, 11 assists, 4 rebounds on a 17% usage rate. When CP3 was in that role, again, they beat the Lakers pretty handily. CP had a 13% usage rate. The previous one, a 15% usage rate, 11-3-9. I think the Suns point guard just isn't going to have to do that much in this game with the Suns up, uh, you know, seven and a half point favorites with Booker and Bridges playing great ball and, and the Lakers, you know, not necessarily being a team to bank on forcing a close game down the stretch, uh, especially with LeBron. Yeah, don't sleep on Austin Reeves, though. But no, for real, I, I, I love the theory. <laughs> I love the research. 
I love the due diligence here to, uh, to to find out why it is that you feel campaigns going under. It's this situation, and this is a somewhat specific situation, but you've got some extrapolated info there in terms of it's the point guard against the Lakers for the Suns that, that doesn't seem to need to do uh, a whole heck of a lot, especially when Book uh, seems to love playing you know right around his, his hometown uh, in L.A., like bringing it against the Lakers, to your point, um, and, and definitely it continues to bring it all season long this year, Book, you know, definitely making uh, a case for uh, an All-NBA team this year, at least second uh, so far this season. I think he really is trying to take that next step, um, and he'll continue to get his with that usage rate at about like 35% against the Lakers. I think they all know we're playing his hometown team uh, feed book basically. So yeah, I think that that doesn't bode quite as well for campaign who I did pick up in fantasy, but that's only because everybody on my team's hurt. So finishing things off here with our fourth prop, Jaden Ivy, we've talked about the, the, the Pistons and we've gone after them with Cade out. Right. And that's the key again tonight for Cade going to be out in this one against uh, the, the nuggets who will also be without Joker. Um, so, you, you know, Jaden Ivy and Bo- bogey, both, bringing it uh, for the Pistons. Jay Nivey looking really, really good right now. Uh, 18 and a half points at minus 108 on FanDuel. You could throw the assists in there as well. He's been averaging about five assists a game over his last five. It's about five for him. So if you want 23 and a half points and assists, um, I might just consider the points here. Uh, like I said, without Cade, 21 and a half a game, five assists, four boards, right? Uh Without Cade in general, his points per game go up from 15 to 19. In the last five, it's gone all the way up to 21.2. I think that's a little bit more where you can see him. I think they've realized he and Bogey need to score 20 to 25 points each uh, for them to continue to sort of hang with teams on offense, as they did with the Kings recently, at least on offense, um, and covered there. Nuggets are not great on defense right now. Um, they're already ha- they already uh, allowed the the um, the wor- the the best, if you will, assist to turnover ratio uh, to their opponents. Um, they're 30th in terms of their opponent's uh, two-point percentage, giving up 58% from the field uh, from two-pointers, good for dead last in the NBA. They allow the fifth most points in the paint as well. Jay Nivey doing plenty of his work uh, sort of from the point guard position, trying to slash uh, and get in there as well. Uh, and they allow the most points, uh, the 10th most points per game to, to uh, point guards, do, uh, do, the, do the Nuggets' fourth most assists. So, you know, you, you can expect the stats to be coming for Ivy tonight. Like I said, I'm not scared of the points and assists, but at minus 108 for the points at 18 and a half, I'll probably stick with that. Um, but you can expect him to get a, a bunch of dimes in this game as well. DeAndre Jordan is so <laughs> bad, man. I can't believe that he's going to be starting for this team. Uh, there was that. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. He did have a nice 17 rebound game with 15 defensive rebounds in a absolute <clears throat> slugfest with the Mavs in their last game without Jokic, but that was a one-point game. Uh, the, the Nuggets, I don't think, are going to be blowing anybody out, and they're particularly bad against point guards. So, yeah, Ivy should be getting all the work that huge usage rate spike, and he should be scoring in this Yeah, matchup. for sure. Feel good about that one. You can also check out some Bogey Bogdanovich stats as well. Um, there, or, there, there's some Boyan, excuse me. I always mess Boyan. up the Boyan and Bogey thing. Boyan is on the Pistons. Consider his props as well. Sorry, Bogey. Um, that is all the time we have for you in this one, Nate. Make sure to like and subscribe to that page. Continue to follow along. We'll look to be staying about 3-1 and one on these props each and every night for you guys. So until we see you next, happy betting.